Welcome in to Overtime here on the Sports Objective. Pirates lose a heartbreaker yesterday, 69-63 to the USF Bulls at Williams Arena at Menji's Coliseum. I'm Dave Richmond along with my good buddy Bubba Rosenbaum. How are you? I'm doing well, Dave. It was certainly a disappointing performance. And like you said, 69-63. It was a game, um, kind of a tale of two halves. The first half was um, very much a struggle for both teams offensively. And then um, both teams got it together somewhat in the second half, particularly USF, um, East Carolina, even though we scored 37 points after halftime. A lot of those came in the final few minutes, um, so not nearly as consistent in the second half, even though we did shoot 50%. Uh, but USF um, scored 44 points after halftime, which is far and away the most the Pirates have given up this year after the break. Um, the, the previous high was 39 to, and I say previous high after the break, it was actually the previous high in a half period. Um, James Madison had scored 39 in the second half uh, way back several weeks ago, but that um, that was the previous high watermark. Yeah, disappointing, but uh, when you look at the big picture of things right now, Bubba, we, we had a great, great start to the season. Uh, Christmas break was, uh, unfortunately, right now we're trying to recover for that. We had uh, obviously, with uh, Tristan Newton going down with uh, with COVID, and I guess Farrakhan uh, being out yesterday was that the same thing uh, with him being out yesterday? No, it was actually not COVID related. Um, take a look there on the screen if you're a live viewer. Um, um, we appreciate you tuning in this morning via Facebook and YouTube Live. But um, Pirates fell, fell to seven and three, one and three with the loss. And USF is now seven and five, three and three. But back to what Dave was saying regarding the Pirates playing without two of their three-point guards, Tristan Newton without, once again, due to COVID-19 protocols. He was dressed and on the bench. So um, I would fully expect him to be back on Wednesday night at Cincinnati, which we'll touch on here in a little while. But also Noah Faircon, Noah Faircon missed yesterday due, due to a nagging groin injury. Uh, okay. hopefully, hopefully Noah will be back against the Bearcats. Jaden Gardner did not start. He didn't play the first three minutes of the game, uh, but he did play 30 minutes and uh, finished with 10 points and 10 rebounds. And then the, the Pirates as a whole had to miss at least one, if not multiple, practices due to COVID-19. Yeah, didn't you say Jaden was a concussion protocol? It was. Concussion protocol um, is the reason that Jaden had not practiced. And um, Coach Dooley said in the postgame, as you'll hear here in a few minutes, that uh, if you do not practice, you do not start. Yeah, it's uh, really uh, frustrating, I know, for him. And I knew that something was not right uh, because of not starting. I didn't know if it was because of, uh, because of maybe uh, performance and practice is usually the case. But um, that made perfect sense when I heard you towards the end of the game there um, talking about that in our group chat. So um, that tells you right there what you really need to know, folks, is that no excuses. Uh, I know Coach Dooley would, is not a man of excuses, but um, I'm just happy that uh, it's one of those things that right now I think uh, the Pirates hung in there and they fought very hard under adverse conditions. And I know that uh, one of the things, Bubba, that was frustrating uh, Brandon Suggs uh, had foul trouble in the first half. I know that's another – I mean, that's kind of like uh, – and he was out, what, most of the first half, it seemed like. Yeah, Brandon Suggs, and that was very aggravating. Um, you know, Pirates got off to a 5-0 start. Brandon, yeah. Brandon Suggs scored those five quick ones, knocked down a three, 
and then also had a, uh, a bucket uh, going to the hoop. And uh, then he, about two minutes later, with 15-20 left in the half, he got his second foul, and Coach Dooley pulled him from the game, and then he set the final 15-20 of the first half, and that absolutely killed us. Um, somehow, um, we still managed to go into the break with a 26-25 lead after a seesaw first half. And uh, um, and then we started the second half very well, came out with a lot of energy, built a five-point lead. And after having that, I want to say it was 32-27 lead, um, USF reeled off 11 quick ones. And uh, we went from up five to down six. And um, I, I think from that point on, it was pretty, largely all downhill. They built their lead to as many as 13 on a couple occasions. And then after, after that, so we did uh, slice it down to four and had two possessions there in the final 35 seconds of the game uh, where, where we had the ball down four with a chance to you know, cut it to one or two, but it couldn't take advantage. Yeah, it was just a frustration there that uh, obviously when having those players out, Gardner's not 100%. Suggs gets in foul trouble. Again, it's no excuses. We're just stating facts that you wonder why, you know, you lose by six. And, Bubba, we were talking about this stretch of the, you know, the season here that we needed these games. The USF game felt like it was a 50-50 game. The two-lane is a 50-50 game. And uh, you know how we were talking at football about Navy and Tulsa. I hope that we're not talking about these two games as uh, a reason whether or not we're getting in a, you know, postseason kind of tournament. Uh, the good news is hopefully there's a lot more basketball. And um, I just I was frustrated for the kids because they've worked their tails off, frustrated for the coaches. They've obviously worked their tails off since they got here uh, three years ago. And um, But one thing I want to say, Bubba, you know how we've uh, dealt with the football season with COVID. Uh, it looks like because there's more basketball games and certainly coming up with baseball, we're just going to have to deal with this mess until everybody can get vaccinated and um, move on. And hopefully by late summer before the football season for 21 for Coach Mike Houston, we won't have to be dealing with this or as much anymore. Yeah, um, for a moment, let me go on a bit of a soapbox. Johnny Gardner and I were talking after yesterday's game. And, okay. And I'm um, Combined, you know, I mean, we, we've seen about 60-plus years of Pirate basketball. We're, we're as frustrated as everybody else. I mean, we, we understand Pirate Nation's frustration when you when you lose games and don't play well like against Tulane and USF yesterday. But that being said, I think some perspective is necessary. I mean, I, mean, I think uh, with, with everything that's going on, and it's not making excuses, it's just reality. Right. With everything that's going on and um, – the fact that we're playing nowhere near our best and we're still right there with the opportunity yeah. to win these games, I think that says something. Also, you have to, to keep in mind uh, those guys that we're missing, particularly Tristan Newton uh, and everything he brings to the table. And I, I really think um, a lot of folks, I saw some discussion on social media, and, and you're going to have this no matter what. Uh, I'm not saying that, but, you know, you saw fans saying um, – I just don't know if we can ever have a program down there and, and that sort of thing. I I just don't know that we're ever going to be any good in basketball. Uh, what has Coach Dooley proven? Well, you look at it. I mean, we were 6-0 and in the non-conference, and that's one thing. That we, yeah. we, we beat the people that typically beat us. I mean, plain and right. simple, yeah, we played six non-conference games as opposed to 12. 
but we we won those games against the likes of UNC Wilmington, James Madison, et cetera, that we typically lose some of. So um, that was a step in the right direction. And playing shorthanded for a second game in a row and playing uh, far less than our best basketball, we're still right there with an opportunity to win. Um, but enough of that. Um, taking a look at some of the national numbers, because I saw some discussion about our three-point shooting. Yes, it was um, very poor yesterday. I think we finished four out of 20, so 20%. But nationally, going into yesterday, we ranked um, tied for 65th, which which is in the top 20% of college basketball at 36.8% after shooting 28 to 29% last year. So a significant improvement there. That said, offensively, um, we still have a lot um, to improve on and uh, – and certainly, um, and certainly a, a work in progress um, there. Um, so I can see how somebody may think that, that three-point shooting uh, with the way it was yesterday was nowhere near improved as what it is. But the fact is um, that that uh, we are a significantly better shooting team from from three. Um, but you know, not finishing close to the basket, 195th in field goal percentage at just 43 percent. And so those. Those two-point attempts uh, have been the bigger issue. And then we're just 223rd in scoring offense uh, at 70 points a game. So the offense needs to see a lot of improvement uh, to go along with the defense that that uh, going into yesterday's game ranked 33rd nationally, 62 or 63 points a game. And then um, field goal percentage defense, we're holding – Opponents to just a touch below 40%, 39.9% uh, prior to yesterday's game, which ranked 60th nationally. So so those defensive numbers ranked um, either in the top 10 or 20, depending on which category you were looking at. And and I say top 10 to 20, 10 to 20%, uh, which is um, certainly uh, where, where we need to be. Just we've got to figure things out more on the offensive end. No question. And, you know, Bubba, one of the things I was going to mention, I'm glad you brought all that up, is the very fact that um, Dennis uh, chimes in. We'll get his comment up in just a second. Uh, but we, uh, as far as the defensive side of the ball, um, that's something that uh, Joe Dooley has worked really hard on. And I know Jay, our good buddy Jay Sunhalter was talking about in the broadcast yesterday with our friend Patrick Keenis, the very fact that uh, about the defensive intensity, I mean, the defensive side of the ball, has improved dramatically. One of the things that I can't stand is to see uh, like a guy like watching a play happen instead of being there. They're on the court just watching the game and guys blowing by them. We've seen that happen even in Dewey's tenure, but it's starting to get to where they're playing hard-nosed, blue-collar defense, and um, it's nasty. Another thing that I love about Dooley is that, Bubba, did you notice where and there in the first half where they switched to uh, it looked like a 2-3 zone? They went zone. Uh, probably because of foul trouble, I guess. And, and also the depth was an issue. So they switch over to zone. And I love the fact that Dooley is not the kind of coach that's going to be like, you know, so stubborn and, it's, you know, setting his ways that he won't switch. He's switching defenses. He's doing everything he possibly can and uh, to win. And when you have a situation like us where we're, um, where we're shorthanded, like you said, Bubba, we have to, we, uh, and this will tie in, and we'll put Dennis's comment up. But we have to get to where we were. Remember where we were, where we got awful, and one of the worst teams in the whole country, as far as college basketball is concerned, to now where we're competitive 
and then where we're competitive, then we can start winning games and being games to the point of where we can start climbing the ladder when it comes to the AAC. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you mentioned Dennis Cartwright uh, comment. We appreciate you tuning in this morning, Dennis. Uh, and he, he simply asked, do you think the Pirates basketball will ever win a trophy? And um, we obviously still have a long ways to go in order to do that. But um, some perspective for you, and uh, this isn't saying that it can't be done. It's just saying, you know, respect and the building process that Coach Dewey and his staff have and the magnitude of what they're trying to do because, First of all, keep in mind that we're playing in the most difficult league um, when it comes to basketball that we've ever been in with the American Athletic right. Conference. This, this is a league that puts anywhere from two to five teams or two to four teams in on an annual basis. So that's the first thing you have to take into consideration. And then also, this is a program with East Carolina that I mean, we've finished over 500 in conference play twice, maybe three times since 1974-75, so 45 years, and we've been above yeah. 500 in league play twice, and both of those records were, were nine and seven. Uh, one of those right. was with Coach Dooley his first time um, in the CAA, and then Jeff Lebo went nine and seven one year um, in Conference USA. So this is a program that has zero track record of success, as we had already touched on, and I, I think that uh, – now, are we going to win the American at some point? Who knows? The, the biggest thing is we got to get into that top half, you know, top four to, top four to six, and give yourself a realistic chance of getting at large bids on to the to the big dance, and then first and foremost the NIT, and just steadily improve the thing. I, I think um, that's going to happen. Yes, yeah, like my daughter; she's learning how to read, and she already wants to know how to read without putting in the work. And I told her. You have to crawl before you walk, like the cliche goes. That's what we are now. We're crawling um, right now. We have to learn how to walk and win ball games, and that's where we are now. Is like Bubba, you said, you have to put it in perspective where we are. If we were a blue blood like Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, UCLA, Kansas, whatever, um, and we we're struggling, that's one thing. But when we've always struggled and we're starting to see success, um, then you need to give this coach and staff time and. Uh, I think there's a lot of people, Bub, I'll say this and then we'll move on, that are casual basketball fans because we haven't had the program. And they don't realize, like last year, what was the percentage of three-point? Like 26%. We've improved the um, three-point shooting. I think it was like from 26 to 36%, like 10%. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was 28 in a fraction or 29 okay, in a 28. fraction. All right. So, yeah, we've improved it at least 7 maybe 8%. And that's the difference in winning and losing ball games. And um, two games is two games. And the good news is two games in basketball is not like two games in football where you only have, well, this case, we didn't have hardly any this year. How with football, but um, we didn't have the whole 12. But um, anyway, we're moving right along. We're lucky just to have football season. We're lucky just to have the basketball season. And soon the fall and spring sports will be starting. But, um, Bob, do you want to go ahead and go to uh, – you want to start off with Jaden Gardner? Yeah, man, just one moment, and we'll, we okay. will go to Jaden Gardner. We heard from Pirates Junior Ford after yesterday's 69-63 loss to USF. Jaden finished with 10 points and 10 rebounds, another double-double for Jaden, despite not having his best effort and uh, coming off a week in which he did not practice due to concussion protocol. And let's hear from – the talented Jaden Gardner right now. 
it was a tough one. Um, just a weird type of game. Uh, just a very slow-paced game. Not really our style. Uh, had to lead in the first half. Went on a run, and they went on a run. And then they went on a bigger run. But then we came back and almost able to almost able to finish up the comeback. But it, it was that was a tough one. That was a tough one. With you uh, coming off the bench today, Jaden, not starting in, in either half, did that make a difference for you or, or change your mindset or anything as far as that, that role? Oh, no. I already knew coming in because uh, I was dealing with some stuff this week uh, with concussion protocols and close contact stuff. So, Coach already let me know I was coming up today. So, that really didn't affect me. She's still playing hard out there. So, uh, they ain't never going to do it. Jaden, how much does their physicality and size affect you guys? I mean, they are a pretty big team all the way around from, from guards to down low. Uh, I mean, me personally, I love it. I love the challenge to hit, hit big people. I mean, I was letting them know I was, was going to hit you and box you out all night. And uh, I try my best to get on the boards as much as I can to help box out and my team win. So uh, when you play teams like that, you have to be just as physical as them. Uh, they're pretty, they're really good offensive rebounding team. have a lot of big dudes. you got to be ready to play. Hey, when you look at the offense as the team and kind of the flow, I know obviously the opponent dictated a lot of it today, but the first four or five games compared to the last few, is a lot of it just kind of conference play? It's more difficult to score. It's more congested down there. I mean, how would you kind of break down the offense the last few games? Um, Just getting in, we just got to get back to a routine. We've had COVID, we had a lot, we had a lot of COVID issues the last two weeks. Um, so we, we've had a lot going on. We couldn't even practice yesterday. Uh, we had a lot going on these last two weeks. Uh, still got Tristan out. Tristan will be back soon. He was out with COVID. Just got another guy out with uh, COVID. Um, so we just got to get back in a rhythm of having practices in a game and practices in a game. Just got to get back in a rhythm. How much do you guys feel like you miss Tristan Newton right now? I know you don't want to make excuses, but how much is not having him in the lineup hurt? Oh, it's big time because you have another ball handler, you have another facilitator, you have another shot maker. Uh, good decision maker. Um, Tristan's an all around guy. He's also a good teammate. So uh, that 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 hurts. That hurts that I have him out there as well. As long as no, uh, as well as Nolan, I have him out there as well. Anybody else for Jaden? Yeah, Al, you got to unmute, unmute yourself, Al. I'm sorry. Um, Tremont had a great game, Jaden. Carried you offensively, really. Talk about that, if you would. Shamont's uh, a great player. He was reading the, the defense all night, and we, that's why we ran a lot of ball screen stuff, so he can make a lot of quick decisions, and that's what he did. Shamont uh, is a really good player downhill. He can get to the rim. He can shoot. Um, he's a really great player, and I love playing with him. So the sky's the limit for him, and he had a great performance there. Jaden, can you just talk about the space between these games? I know you're dealing with – uh, some personnel absences and not playing regularly. And uh, just talk about having to adjust to those circumstances. Um, it's different. Uh, it's really different. Uh, it's, it's hard and challenging at times, but we have to figure out a way to get through it because uh, it's happening to everyone else in the country. So we just got to be able to lock in and uh, get back to what we do. Thank you.
Here you have the post-game right, remarks then. of ECU junior forward, Jaden Gardner. Yeah, thank you very much, Bubba. And uh, certainly with him, it, uh, uh, let me say this too, Bubba, and we'll move on to, I'll give you a chance for Coach Dooley, but all the people that are hating on, uh, I see some people commenting about Jaden Gardner. Um, there's nothing wrong with Jaden Gardner as far as far as this game is concerned. And um, I think it's great that we have other guys that are starting to step up where it's not just the Jaden Gardner show that scores, you know, 30. He doesn't have to anymore. So um, it's, we've been spoiled. I know, Bubba, you said that yesterday. We've been spoiled with Jaden playing like at an extremely high level. And we saw that he wasn't healthy uh, yesterday. It showed. So uh, for all the people that are hating on Jaden, it's not a big percentage, I don't think. Um, but you need to get off of that because um, obviously you don't know what's going on with the program and basketball as well. Yeah, yeah. Jaden Gardner, um, I think he's played in 72 games as a Pirate now, and he has yeah. scored in double figures in 65 of those, which is just <laughs> absolutely insane. Now, did Jaden did Jaden have his best game yesterday and against Tulane? Of course not. Um, Jaden right. was three out of nine yesterday, um, but despite not being at his best, uh, and we do need him to be better, but I mean, the guy's the guy's going to have a bad game every now and then, um, and those have been yeah. few and far, few and far between. He does have to finish a little bit better, but the thing I like about Jaden Gardner is the way he plays through it, and he doesn't allow a bad yeah. game. Um, you, you look at Tulane; uh, he had had he had uh, not made a field goal that entire ball game, just had two free throws, and then he knocked down the three to bring us within. Uh, I guess it was two in the final final two or three seconds to give us a chance to win if Tulane doesn't make the free throws. Yesterday, right. yesterday he hadn't performed all that well as far as um, scoring. And then um, he makes a couple of plays where he puts us on his back and made excellent spin moves or other moves, taking the ball to the hoop and, um, and resulted in a three-point play. So Jaden Gardner, uh, I think he'll be just fine. And uh, I think we'll see him return to – the way um, we've seen him um, more often than not um, here here soon. No doubt. And he's he's a good kid. And also the very fact that we also need to get credit. Uh, the defensive uh, units this year for the other teams, they've made a point to an emphasis, if you will, to take Jaden Gardner out. So it's up to us to, as far as a program to, um, to make adjustments. It's also up to our team, the teammates. It's a team sport. Uh, thank goodness, and for those other guys to which they have to step up. So that's what we're we're doing, and we'll get the uh, as far as COVID protocols and all that. We'll just have to deal with that. The if there's ever been a time, Bub, I think I was going to say this, and then we'll move on to uh, Dooley. There's ever been a time for us to have next man up. I think this year uh, in football and now basketball and certainly other sports, uh, next man up or next woman up is definitely appropriate. Don't you think? Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, that's the case anytime, but especially in a season yeah. like this where you can uh, have one or multiple guys out, uh, you know, the drop of a hat. Um, you got to be ready when your number is called. And um, uh, a guy that played mo much more uh, than he had typically played this year, I think it was a season high in minutes, was Miles James uh, with yeah. With Tristan Newton, Noah Farrakhan out, and then Brandon Suggs in foul trouble. Miles James, um, the 6'5 guard or swing man, uh, he came in yesterday and played 17 minutes. No doubt about it. And uh, we'll keep the good to get for him to get some more playing time. And 
uh, certainly experience. And Bubba, are you ready to go with uh, Coach Dooley? Yep, and we had the post-game remarks um, after the Tulane game. Coach Dooley said, absolutely horrendous. Um, let's, let's hear what he had to say about yesterday's 69-63 loss to the USF Bulls. Well, we got to give South Florida credit for that stretch to start the second half. I thought we had a decent enough start, and uh, obviously uh, Brown got on a little bit of a roll. Slow, you know, don't play, don't play for a week, don't play for a week. The speed of the game is a lot quicker. And, you know, a lot of times coaches want to practice more. I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I think we need to play more, I think, so we can get familiarity with this. And uh, the, the offensive flow has not been very good. We had some technical difficulties there with Coach Dooley, so um, we'll go back and, um, and let you hear the previous minute or so of those comments, and we apologize. Coach, you, you knew you'd be shorthanded at point guard today. How do you think Tremont did, and how did that affect you guys? Trey was great. Uh, uh, it didn't affect him. We, we've got to play better. That, that, I don't think the point guard play, that wasn't where we lost the game. I mean, we, we, we our shot selection at times was bad. And then, uh, you know, we gave up some uncharacteristic. We did some things defensively uh, in ball screen defense that we hadn't done all year. That needs to be cleaned up. And uh, I thought the offensive backboard hurt us a little bit. But I, I don't think anything with, with point guard play had any factor in that game against us. With the offense the last few games and not having Tristan out there, do you think that um, has messed with the flow at all or bunches things up? And, and um, what do you see with, with Tristan? Can he come back at some point or update timeline at all with him? Hopefully we'll get him back here soon. I think that there's been a you – know, I think we, we, we need some – you know, I think like every other team, when you get when you start playing, you want to get in a flow. We haven't gotten in a flow, you know. Don't play, don't play for a week, don't play for a week. The speed of the game is a lot quicker. and. You know, a lot of times coaches want to practice more. I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I think we need to play more, I think, so we can get familiarity with this. And uh, the, the offensive flow has not been very good. The ball's been stuck. We've, we've not uh, gotten downhill like we need to. And, and to tell you the truth, we've, we've missed some open shots. I mean, we were four for 20 from three, uh, although we did have a couple of good looks. And uh, then, you know, we've taken some untimely shots. You know, we took some good shots that we missed, but we also took a couple – where, you know, the whole bench is like, you know, we haven't seen that. Where, where'd that shot come from? And you can't do that. Coach, you, you mentioned the shooting not being 
uh, what you would like, but at least you were getting shots. The turnovers were down to 10 from 21 against Tulane, I think. Yeah, we didn't turn it over. I mean, and, and I thought we did some things, but, you know, the big thing is sometimes bad shots are the same as the turnover. I thought we had, a, I thought we charted ourselves as one for eight or one for nine from bad shots. So that's, you know, that goes from 11 turnovers to 20 turnovers. And then you, you factor in a couple other deals of um, scouting report mistakes, uh, not paying attention to, you know, with tendencies of guys, a left-handed driver, don't let them go left. We let them go left. Those are things that are, are concentration deals, not ability deals. Jaden mentioned you guys, I don't think we were able to practice yesterday, some COVID stuff. How much did that maybe play a factor? You know, it does. I mean, we, we've, we've got to be better. I mean, it, it, it's not ideal, but people are dealing with this every day. And, and you know, we're not going to use those things as excuses because they, you know, South Florida showed up, they played. If you're playing, uh, you know, not practicing because like we like to yesterday has nothing to do with the lane violation or, or you know, those type of deals. That's, that's, that has nothing to do with that that's us paying attention. We got to do a better job of coaching and making sure they they realize these things. You touched on it earlier, but it, kind of a low-scoring physical game like this, it, that shooting kind of spree that, that USF had the start of the second half, I mean, that seems to make a, a big difference, really kind of impacted, especially a game of this pace. It did. I mean, against South Florida, their, 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 their uh, adjusted tempo is, is slow and uh, it's usually a smaller possession game, which one thing like we talked about is we didn't turn it over. Now we had a couple possessions where, you know, it wasn't the smoothest. And I thought defensively, again, I thought we did some good things. That one stretch of three-point shots probably was the separator. Uh, I thought the guys did a good job late to get us back into the game. We were really in, in, in a, uh, you know, a bad spot. But Schmont did a great job getting downhill and getting to the free throw line and getting some baskets. But we also had some, you know, untimely, you know, Went that stretch where they made those threes and we missed a couple free throws. We missed a layup and they make a three. You know, those are those are five point swings that we have to eliminate. And Brown and Collins didn't score against Tulsa, and then they combined for twenty eight tonight. Uh, just how big of a difference was that? Especially Brown hitting those threes in the second half. Well, seniors, you know, uh, you you would think with the seniors they'd be a little aggravated with themselves the way they played against Tulsa. And was, you know, it probably took a challenge. I'm sure Coach Gregory challenged them to play better, and they did. I mean. Collins was very good in the second half. Made you know made eight threes on the season. Uh, we make a mistake, go under a ball screen, he hits a three. Gets the other side of the floor, makes another three. So uh, when you're seniors and you you know you've you know you've, you've done it before, you've seen it before, you play with some confidence, and they 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 put their their team on their back and won the game for them. Coach, uh, there's all kind of adjustments during the pandemic, but obviously, or we're seemingly. Uh, it doesn't seem to be the same thing playing at home as maybe it would be if you had, uh, you know, Menji's Coliseum filled up with supportive fans. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's it, everybody's dealing with it. So it would be great to have fans in the stands. Uh, you know, does it impact the game? Probably at home, but, you know, when we go on the road, people don't have fans either, you know, or they have limited fans. So, uh, you know, we do look for the opportunity to you know, get fans back in the crowd. but. In the meantime, you get to play. Getting to play with no fans is getting is better than playing, you know, not being able to play at all. So we're fortunate we get to play, and uh, you know, you should be excited because it's an opportunity to play in college and an opportunity to play in an American Conference game. Coach, uh, Cincinnati's next up. Uh, good Lord's will. The Bearcats do not appear to be playing on the same level of maybe some years past. Well, they've had a little bit, you know, they, you look at their out-of-conference schedule. They played Tennessee. They had a really tough out-of-conference out schedule. 
bounced back and had a really good win at SMU on Monday night. I was able to watch a little bit of the second half. I thought they, they played really hard. They were very impressive in, in, the, in the bits and pieces I watched on the second half. And uh, we'll get to work on them as soon as, uh, you know, tonight, as soon as we're done cleaning up the tape from, from ourselves this afternoon. Coach Jaden not starting, was that because he missed some prep time? Yeah, he didn't practice this week. So we, you know, just trying to get them back and, and let him, you know, he got some shots up yesterday and was able to do that yesterday. But, you know, we've we got a thing where if you know you don't practice, you don't start. So we'll, uh, hopefully we'll have you have him back to practice tomorrow. All right, the comments from Coach Joe Dooley there and the post game Pirates again losing 69 63 to USF Bulls. And uh, you could tell the disappointment and frustration in his voice, Bubba. But overall, again, um, not making excuses, but we want to make sure that people know that that was a tough loss. Um, but at the same time, look where we are. We, in, in years past, that would have been without our players, probably a 20 or 30 point loss. So proud of the fact that we're competitive and even the worst odds were uh, right there in the games. Yeah, like we already touched on that earlier. Uh, let's let's dive into some of the um, the numbers. Yeah. Let's take a look first at the team stats from yesterday. Um, there on the screen, you see um, the Pirates finished um, below forty percent from the floor, and um, that was despite shooting fifty percent in the second half. Uh, USF was um, just over forty, um, but like I said, fifty percent in the second half, uh, scoring those forty-four points. Um, Three-point shooting, Pirates, while much improved on the season, uh, were dismal yesterday, just four out of 20. Uh, meanwhile, USF, uh, the majority of those eight makes uh, came in the second half. Justin Brown for the Bulls really got hot, knocked down three in about a three- or four-minute stretch uh, when they were um, building that lead up to up to about 11 points um, during during that time in the ball game. And then you also had David Collins, who Coach Dooley referenced. And I believe David, and we'll put it on the screen here in a moment, but he finished with 16 and uh, knocked down some perimeter shots, but also was really big, had a couple of very nice moves going to the basket. Um, the You look at the free throw shooting, the Pirates were okay, probably not, not quite as good as usual, 17 out of 25. Um, good news is that we got there a lot, but didn't quite capitalize as much as we would have liked. Uh, meanwhile, USF, um, they were atrocious. They're the worst free throw shooting team in the American uh, entering yesterday, and that certainly held true. 15 out of 27 uh, for just 55%. And um, their free throw shooting woes, and then uh, also some of their inability to take care of the basketball, committing 17 turnovers, um, that allowed us to you know, stay within striking distance there down the stretch. And then the uh, last thing I wanted to mention is on the glass, um, the Pirates had the first five rebounds of the game, but from that point on, USF, um, like Coach Dewey mentioned, um, very athletic on the interior and just in general. And uh, USF out-rebounded us um, from, from that 5-0 start for East Carolina, 41-28. to uh, So that's something that definitely has to improve as well. No question about it, Bubba. And uh, next game on the road, Cincinnati, was it a 5 p.m. start? That is a 5 p.m. start on Wednesday afternoon, ESPN Plus, um, there in Cincinnati. All right, so 4.30 airtime for the radio with Jeff Charles with the IMG Learfield, Learfield IMG College broadcast with Cy Seymour. And, uh, of course, you can hear that on the TuneIn Radio app or ESPN Plus for television. And, Bob, I know before we go, uh, 
you also had another uh, thing we want to promote, and that's our 23 Jungle Tales second season, right? Yeah. Um, before I dive into that, um, just I had some of the individual numbers here from yesterday's game, um, okay. something we haven't even talked about yet, and I'm sure um, – and that's a mistake on our part. I'm certainly not forgotten about, but just I'm um, talking about other aspects of the game, but Tremont Robinson White. Yeah. Uh, I talked about some of those um, team things that kept us in the game uh, a moment ago. Tremont Robinson White, uh, he certainly did everything he could in, a, in many respects um, to give us a shot to win. A career high 29 for Tremont. I think he knocked down three, three pointers and, um, just a remarkable game for him. So he, hopefully he will continue to play that way um, once other people figure it out. Uh, and then Jaden Gardner um, finished with another double-double, 10 points and 10 rebounds. And then leading the way for USF, you had David Collins, 16 points, five rebounds, five assists. Justin Brown had 12 points, three out of five from three, and all three of those trifectas came in a three- or four-minute stretch. And then Alexis Yetna, who missed last year with an injury, uh, and had performed very well against East Carolina and Greenville two years ago, had 10 points and six rebounds. Um, but like you mentioned, we have 23 jungle tales going on right now. Um, talking to former East Carolina baseball players from a variety of areas, and we kicked that off the other night. Um, excellent conversation, about 55 or 60 minutes with Calvin Brown, who played from 1987 to 1990. So definitely go back and check that out. It's been very well received, uh, hundreds of views already. And, and that is available, of course, on any of our platforms right here on Facebook and YouTube Live. It's also available on Twitter uh, as we are now broadcasting live onto Twitter. And then any of our audio-only platforms, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Audio Game, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, you name it, you can find it there. And then, um, of course, I'm partnering with us now, PGX Gloves, former East Carolina third baseman Mark Minikazi does a tremendous job. Really appreciate him and PGX Gloves and everything they're doing for the show. And um, they, they have not only customized baseball gloves, you can personalize it, um, whether it's for yourself, you know, may, maybe it's your son, grandson, uh, you, you name it. Um, that's an excellent gift. Uh, you have Valentine's Day coming up, obviously birthdays, those sorts of things. So definitely check out pgxgloves.com for not only baseball gloves, batting gloves, football gloves, golf gloves and other swag no doubt about it thanks to mark for the sponsorship and pgs pgx gloves and uh pgxgloves.com make sure you go there uh this time of year bubba what a great great show uh just disappointed with the pirates not winning but uh overall really happy with the program and where it's headed and uh, again watch the game on or listen to the game on wednesday and we'll have the pirate basketball overtime and other great programming coming up soon Yep, and Pirates taking on the Bearcats, and the Bearcats, uh, they will be in action tonight uh, out at Wichita State, and that, that being this afternoon, rather, 4.30. Uh, I believe that one's on ESPN2. So you'll be able to check that one out. Um, Bearcats coming off a big road win at SMU, snapping a five-game skid, and um, lo looks like they're starting to play much better basketball with the Pirates headed there on Wednesday night. But um, we appreciate you tuning in, um, yep. whether, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube Live. Yep. And um, Dave, did you have something, something before we go? Yeah, I was just going to close it out. Uh, appreciate you, Bubba, very much for all your hard work. And I uh, appreciate uh, all that you're doing for behind the scenes for 23 Jungle Tales and, and, and the like. 
and for the show. And fans, till next time, appreciate you very much uh, for listening and watching to Pirate Basketball Overtime here on the Sports Objective. And as always, go Pirates. <laughs>